nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Zika Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today I have for you Jenna Hua, PhD, founder of the wonderful Million Marker, the only mail-in urine test that measures levels of common hormone disruptors that causes infertility, miscarriage, IVF complications like BPA, parabens, and more. They also audit people's products and lifestyles to let them know what is causing these exposures. Because I've had shows, many shows already, where I've talked about toxins and we've talked about hormone disruptors and we talk how it impacts your health. Even the sanitizer that you use that now that we're in this COVID environment, right? And how they can be hormone disruptors as well and the things that we use in our home and so on and so forth. And this is the deep dive what we're going to do today. See, in this episode, we'll discuss the work that Mill Marker does and how they can be beneficial for your life and health. And as a bonus, at the end, we will discuss some tips to help you pick safe cleaning products. Listen, some tips to help you pick safe cleaning products, water bottles, and sunscreens. Before I start this episode, I'm quickly talk about sunscreens. I was in Jamaica for two weeks, not bragging, but I was on vacation, a wonderful time. And uh, my family members, I don't wear sunscreen unless I'm out in the sun for an extended period of time. And if I do, it's a natural sunscreen. But my family members and my friends are all wearing sunscreens. And I told them, I saw, the, I sat down with them and explained to them the brand of sunscreen that they were using and what's causing, what's happening to their bodies. And immediately they didn't stop, but they use less. And they started asking me about good, safe brands to use. And we're going to get in that today because our skin is our largest organ. And whatever we put on our skin can seep into our bloodstream and cause all these health problems. And we know that. And this is why, or one of the reasons why this episode is important. And with that being said, let's welcome Jenna to the show. Hey, Jenna, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me, Ziko. I'm super excited. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I almost uh, messed that up. <laughs> did did all the intro and almost couldn't say thank you. I don't know how this works. But uh, I know a lot about you and your work and your company, but tell us about yourself and tell us about the work that you do. So hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jenna. Uh, I I'm the founder and CEO of Million Marker. Uh, Zico already said what exactly we do. I got into this uh, for two reasons. I created a company partially for my own uh, necessity. I really wanted this test because I had a lot of fertility struggles myself. And uh, I, because I studied this, uh, I knew they could have impact on fertility. 
But when I went to the doctor asking for a test like this, they told me the only test available is heavy metal, uh, nothing else. But this is, you know, something that we can really do something about changing our exposure, changing our health trajectory, yet it's not available. So I was very frustrated, you know, being told just good luck next time. It's just not a very satisfying answer. So I was looking for an answer for myself. So that's one reason. The second reason was the, because I did this research, I, I had the firsthand experience knowing it, how hard it is to do this kind of research. And we just completely have no data for studying these chemicals and studying the impact of these chemicals on our health and simultaneously actually offering people tools to measure and also do something about these exposures. Um, because if you can't measure, if you don't know, then it's very hard for people to take actions. Um, and simultaneously, there is a huge science translation gap. We have been doing these research, we have been studying these chemicals literally for decades. Yet the public, most of the public um, are not even aware that they actually need to care about their exposures and do something about it. So then, so let me make sure I'm paraphrasing correctly. So you started with your own infertility um, issues that you had and your doctors was basically like, you know what, let's try again next time and let's see what happens, right? But then exactly. you started realizing the connection between toxins in the products that we use and infertility. Am I right? So I studied these during graduate school. I know they could impact, but when doctor just couldn't figure out what's causing my fertility issues, then I immediately thought about, okay, could it be this? That's why I was looking for answers. Okay, can I find some assurance knowing, okay, I have ruled out that environmental toxin is causing my issues. So once you figured out, okay, in the toxins do play a role, what then made that leap into, let's start Million Marker? Um, I felt everyone should know this information. Um, I think that's the biggest motivation um, because I think, you know, when it comes to fertility or even just any health issue, when you can't get specific answers, it's very stressful and it's very frustrating. And I felt with the data, you know, measuring what's inside of you, this gives people a lot of insight. And I felt that everyone deserved to know their data so you deserve to know what's going on inside of your body so that you can better take care of yourself and also um, be your own advocate. You know, when you go see a doctor, you actually know what to advocate for yourself. And I think this information is really, really important. I think it's important, too. And you just said something that's very key is that when you see your doctor, you can advocate for yourself because we know I had uh, Dr. Michael Platt on the show recently. I think it's uh, maybe a week or two ago. And uh, he was saying that medical doctors now, and not always a fault of their own, just how busy they are, mm -hmm. sit, sit with you for like four or five minutes sometimes. And I've experienced that myself. So it's hard to really have a true deep conversation in four to five minutes, right? So what's wrong? Let's prescribe something and move on. But in, in the case that you can be an advocate for yourself, you've actually done the research, you see what's actually going on. You can present this to your doctor and say, okay, this is an issue. At that point, they're, 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 they, they have to stop and take a look at what's actually going on. So I'm glad that you're bringing up the fact that by empowering ourselves, we can advocate for ourselves. Absolutely. Um, you you echoed a really good point. So I was a dietitian before I went back to uh, graduate school. And it's exactly the same thing. You know, I would see patients for about 
15 minutes trying to get across that information that, okay, you should eat this, you should not eat that, and you should exercise more. But if you think about it, 15 minutes, you can't change someone's behavior in about 15 minutes. And then I would spend, you know, an hour charting. So the, you know, the model is just wrong that we, we need to spend more time with people trying to educate them and, and behavior. So then they can do this like 15 minutes, like you said, you know, healthcare professionals, if you for five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that's just not enough. Perfect. Now, with that being said, let's dive a little bit deeper, right? What are IVF complications and how are they dangerous for our health? So IVF complication can come from many sources. Like uh, what we're talking about here is what, why toxin could lead to or associated with IVF complications. And everybody knows that IVF is like super expensive. And these complications we're talking about is you have lower egg quality, lower sperm quality, and your implantation might be unsuccessful at the same time, once you implant your, your embryo quality might not be good either. So like these toxins are higher exposure to these toxins are related to or linked to these worse outcomes. And then when it comes to even birth outcome, like higher exposure to toxins are also lead, um, linked to low birth weight and also um, child developmental issues, ADHD, autism, it's all being linked. So we really worry about developmental timing. That means the younger you get exposed to the potential detrimental impact it could have. So we want everyone literally before you even start thinking about conceiving, you should start thinking about detoxing, getting these toxins out of your life uh, before you conceive. But of course, this, this needs to be a practice that's going through the entire life course because these chemicals are literally everywhere. So if you don't pay attention, you're just going to get exposed to day in and day out over and over again. And you just don't know when your cup's going to get full. So IVF com um, complications, right? Are they caused by a specific set or type of toxins? Or is it a specific complications by ca that's caused by just being exposed to toxins altogether? Um, so here we need to distinguish what's causal versus association. So we actually don't know whether these toxins are causing these issues. So causing and um, um, associations are different because um, we only know that higher exposure to these toxins are associated with worse outcome. In animal studies, we, can, we have seen some causal that these toxins are causing, say, um, mouse baby are having lower birth weight and having developmental issues. We can see that. But unfortunately, we don't have that kind of data in human studies. Uh, if you think about it, you can't expose human to toxins and observe what happened to them. So that we're really limited only to these association studies. So what we have seen is, yes, higher exposure to toxins. Um, yes, these are hormone disrupting chemicals, all of them um, that have higher exposure to these things, you have worse outcome. Um, also, if we have, because we're exposed to multiple toxins at one time, if we're exposed, the more you get exposed to the potential worse outcome you could have. You know, I wouldn't mind being experimented on because that's how you get superpowers. <laughs> so, but I'm guessing I, you're I, don't, not... I don't know about the toxins. <laughs> <laughs> you're not willing to experiment on me. You're just completely like, you know, killing my life's dream, killing my life's dream. Um, but 
So let's talk about some common hormone disruptions. What are they and how are they damaging to our health? So um, we can back up a little bit talking about like, you know, hormone, right? So if you think about your hormone, your hormone is so important. It literally regulates every bodily function you have from metabolism to sleep, to your mood, to your growth. Everything is controlled by your hormone. And your hormone works in like such tiny amount. You literally need like one drop in a, like a 25 size Olympic swimming pool for your hormone to have an impact. So you just need tiny, tiny amount. And then the, how hormone works is that they work kind of like as a symphony for your body. So they work like a lock and keys. So when your lock and keys out of sync, then you just think about it. Like if a symphony's key out of sync, and then you just hear going to have downstream, have like a ton of hormones. You have these foreign hormone substances come in. They pretty much mess up this lock and key function, in your natural body sig like signaling system. So that's why they cause a lot of issues. And this, and if you think about what hormone controls, right, then, and then you think about why they could impact our health. So anything controlled by a hormone, if you have hormone disruptor, you would have those issues. So now you, you can think about it. It could impact your stress. Fertility is a big one because it's controlled by a hormone, right? And then we also have seen ADHD. We've, we've seen diabetes. We've seen weight loss. We've seen breast cancer. All of them are linked to these hormone disrupting chemicals. So they do make a huge impact in our lives. It's just that we don't really feel it right away because we get exposed to day in and day out. Like you don't really feel it the next day, but like down the road, you just don't know like what kind of impact it would cause on you. You know, you, you start off by talking about a symphony. So I, I play the guitar, you know, I'm not a uh, professional or anything, but you know, I can, I can carry a tune. But my guitar has to be in tune. That's the first thing I do every time. Right. I have to tune my guitar. If one string is out of tune, the guitar doesn't sound right. And that's how that's how our hormones work. You know, like I mm -hmm. interviewed someone recently. I remember, I think it was, oh, Ashley Farrison, who was, who it was. And she was, we're talking about hormones and she calls it digestive rhythm or hormonal mm. rhythm, as she calls it. Right. And no, we weren't talking about hormones, we were talking about digestion and she called it digestive rhythm, but it's the same idea. It's uh, your hormones work with, with a rhythm. They work well, they work together. Um, Dr. Um, Michael Platt, when I were talking about adrenaline and we we're saying that a lot of people think about cortisol, cortisol is, you know, excessive cortisol is bad. But then before that, it really comes down to your adrenaline. If your adrenaline is high, your body is stressed, then the stress response is cortisol. So it's not even the cortisol itself, is that the adrenaline <laughs> is causing the stress response off the cortisol. So your hormones have to work together. But then right. we don't realize that because we just think singularly, we're just gonna stop this, we're just gonna stop that, we're just gonna do that. But again, we have to tune your guitar, you gotta tune your hormones, they have to work well together. Exactly. Now, Let's talk about what are some common hormone disruptions. And uh, I'm sorry, I already asked that question, didn't I? I already asked that question. I you did. I, I, <laughs> I, I, went on, I went on about the impact and I forgot to answer that question. So yeah, I'm happy to answer that question now. Yeah, so go ahead. So what are some common hormone disruptions? So common hormone disrupting chemicals that we're talking about, these are also the chemicals that we're currently test. Um, when it when you think about these chemicals, um, we have two major classes, persistent chemicals versus non-persistent chemicals, transient chemicals. So persistent chemicals, people might have heard about DDT. So pesticides that's been banned for more than 30 years. Um, 
So these persistent chemicals, because they're called persistent, because they have super long half-life, they, they stay in your body for a long time once you get exposed to them. So if you test someone today um, in their blood, you will still find DDT. So it's just really hard to get rid of. So for these persistent chemicals, there's not much, too much we can do about it. Uh, one uh, class of persistent chemical people might have heard about recently is these a class of forever chemical called PFAS, PFOA, so PFOS, and these, this, this class. So they're usually on like used as uh, Teflon coating. So that's why we advise people, hey, um, if you're thinking about swapping out your pot, pots and pans, don't buy another nonstick Teflon pens, go with um, stainless steel or cast iron because these um, Teflons have these PFOAs and PFAS um, in it. So these are persistent chemicals, very hard to get rid of. And they of course have these hormone disrupting impact. So this is a persistent chemicals. Transient chemicals, usually transient chemical, if you stop your exposure, you can actually get rid of them in about 48 hours, uh, depending on your own physiology. And I think this is the encouraging part that, you know, we can, this is actionable, that if you avoid the sources of these transient chemicals, then you don't get exposed to them. Um, the downside is these transient chemicals are also everywhere. So people might have heard about BPA. Mm -hmm. You've seen some like water bottle labeled BPA free or some cans labeled BPA free. Um, BPA is sort of like the poster child of hormone disrupting chemicals because a lot of people know it is, about that. It is, it is, it is. Even though, right, uh, even though BPA and uh, at least in terms of those, however, started using BPA alternatives like BPS, BPF, they can literally swap a letter. You can have from BPA all the way to BPZ or any combination of the two. Um, and these alternative chemicals cause just as much impact damage as BPA. So BPA is another one. You usually find BPA in, yeah, line, um, they used to um, line the coating of the can. So thermal receipt is another one. So receipt is always something that throw people off because you always take your receipt. But um, the receipt, the ink is actually coated with BPA. So we always recommend people that, hey, don't take a receipt if you don't have to, like just have your receipt email it to you. Um, Otherwise, if you absolutely have to touch it, wash your hand right away because your skin actually absorb it um, and in higher amount. So that's BPA. Um, BPA is also what makes plastic shatterproof. So uh, one area you would find is in takeout containers might have BPA or your Tupperware sometimes would have BPA. So we always recommend people to swap out their Tupperware to use a glass or stainless steel one um, and never ever microwave plastic because if you microwave that plastic, you would have extra release of these chemicals. Um, so that's BPA. Um, I, don't, I, don't also like, a, I don't have a microwave anyway, but keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. So BPA is one. Another one is the phthalates. Phthalates is also a big, big class. So phthalates is what's make plastic flexible. Um, and phthalates are usually occurring like packaging tapes and also uh, saran wrap. So we always recommend people to use a bee wax wrap instead. Um, we often hear people will put that serine wrap on their plastic top, Tupperware and then microwave it to prevent, mm. you know, splashing. And if you think about it, okay, you're microwaving that plastic and then you have the serine wraps on that touches your food. It's just like so much toxin just get released into your food. Um, and if you think about it, this is also an um, environmental issue, right? Like there's so much plastic today in the world that we literally can't get rid of them. 
Um, so, you, you know, if you're consciously by making the swab, it's actually not just good for your health. You're actually creating a much more sustainable environment to generations to come. So I think this is also really important when it comes to plastic. And phthalate is, a, is another major, major plasticizer. Um, phthalates are also used in personal care products. This is where, you know, and we can talk about the tips about how to avoid phthalates. Uh, they're using a ton of personal care products, house cleaning products. So anytime that you see uh, there's a fragrance listed on the ingredient label, it's almost a code for phthalates. Um, so you should always avoid that. Um, so phthalates is another one. Paraben is, is another major chemical. Paraben is usually used as preservatives also in personal care products. It's also another hormone disrupting chemical causing the same issue. And the last one is oxybenzone. So oxybenzone, uh, it has actually been banned in Hawaii because it kills coral reef. It's also a hormone disrupting chemical. So if you think about it, anything that kills birds or kill aquatic life, it can't be good for humans, right? So um, these are like the transient chemicals that we're talking about. They just like, oftentimes you will see them in personal care products. So we, we want people to become more conscious consumers. So you can review, uh, take a look at your ingredient label and making sure that your ingredient label is free of these type of chemicals because not only they're bad for your health, they're really bad for the environment too. And, you know, it's interesting how products are banned in other countries, but they are allowed in the United States. I have, um, my mother used to sell Mary Kay. And uh, she told me one time that I think it's over 150 chemicals that are in the Mary Kay in the U.S., are banned in Europe. It's 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 a travesty. And like you're saying, like if something like in is banned in Hawaii because it kills um marine life, but then just lather it on your skin and you're gonna be okay. <laughs> Come on, like think about it, right? Now, what are you actually doing when, to yourself by by putting these things on you? Um. So yeah. So thank you so much for uh for sharing that. Now let's talk about safety, right? Because we need to be safe. And so what roles do the lack of safety information and regulation play in making it easier to expose ourselves to these toxins? I think this is a complicated topic. Uh, we literally have 85,000 chemicals in use today. We actually have only about 1% of them with sufficient safety data. So there's a lack of evaluation from the government side, EPA, as well as USDA to evaluate these chemicals. And the second is uh, we're also lack of science translation that the public just not aware um, of these things. So if you think about, I think there's also issue with our traditional toxicology testing model. So um, when we evaluate these chemicals before they get released, traditional models always looking at the health outcome for these chemicals are cancer or death. So you then expose mouse or animals to chemicals and then you expose to them at high amount you think there's like sort of this dose response curve a straight line you know you expose them at 0 50 100 200 and then you observe them oh did they get cancer did they die if you think about it this is kind of i mean it's it's valid but it's kind of wrong because when it comes to human like there's like a long way before you get to cancer or death. What about your quality of life? What about chronic disease? We have so many chronic disease today that they're not, they're not killing you right away, but you have like such poor quality of life. If you think about diabetes, if you think about kidney disease and you think about breast cancer, right? So 
thinking about just looking at cancer or death is kind of wrong. <laughs> and I think this needs to be evaluated like long-term and also looking at kind of chronic disease endpoint rather than just cancer and death. So that's one. And second is um, for these hormone disrupting chemicals, we actually see that they don't work as a straight line, like a linear kind of like dose response. They actually work like a mono, non-monotonically. So meaning that if you actually, the impact of these chemicals when you get exposed at super low dose, say between zero to one, it's actually worse than you get exposed at a higher amount. So this makes it really interesting because these are the chemicals that we actually exposed to at such tiny amount, but we get exposed to day in and day out. Um, but unfortunately, like none of this information is actually get communicated to the public. And ultimately, you know, not everyone is trained as a chemist or trained as a scientist to actually understand these things. We, we definitely have a lack of communication and we have a lack of like a regulation uh, of these things. That's why we get exposed to a lot more. And as you mentioned before, you know, EU has banned way more chemicals than we do, uh, yet like US population are being exposed to many, many chemicals. It's about that moolah. You got to make that money. Got to make that money, right? It's exactly. It's a sad existence, but it, it is true. So I think ultimately, you know, it, the burden really shouldn't be on the consumer, right? Like any product that being put out, it should be safe already. Consumers should not be bearing this burden. But unfortunately, if you think about the glacial speed of our regulation, we just can't rely on the government to issue these regulations to protect ourselves. We need to protect ourselves. So um, I think that's part of the reason why MLA Marker exists is so then we can actually give people the data. And then we're hoping collectively that we can send signals to manufacturers, to government that, hey, we really care about this, that we need better products and that we need a better policy. Perfect. And you're right. It should, the burden shouldn't be on us. And that's why I have the Zika Health Show. One of the reasons I do is to educate people, right? Because the government is not going to tell you for many reasons. I mean, even with food, you know, it's you, right. go to, you get a box of honey nut Cheerios and it says right on there may help reduce cholesterol. I, for one point, it said will help reduce cholesterol. Now it says may. But I'm like, if you, but do you talk to someone about natural remedies? then the government will not promote it, it will not back it. It make it seem like, oh, natural remedies are going to hurt you somehow. But yet this box of honey nut Cheerios with sugars and artificial flavors and, and um, whatever else comes in it is good for you somehow, right? It just, the flip side, it makes absolutely no sense. I have this conversation with my cousin who's, uh, she graduated nursing school and I, she's going back to get her regency, I believe, or I don't know exactly how it works, but she's at a, she's, she's back in school again. And she was reading her book. It mentions honey nut Cheerios, actually, specifically by name, what I understand what she was telling me and how it can be beneficial for you or something like that. And I was like, that's insane. That's really insane. Um, you know, and like I said, is you see it on the box and there are so many other things that we see on the counter that are manufactured or processed that say, maybe do this, maybe be good for you, maybe good for you, such and so, so on and so forth. We can't even trust like the American Heart Association anymore because of some of the things that they promote. I mean, it's insane how we have to be our own detectives. We have to go ahead right. and do all this extra work because the people who are supposed to be protecting us 
are not protecting us. I swear I'm going to get banned one of these days. So <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing important work because this information needs to be out there so people can understand and become aware. Exactly. And thank you so much because it's true. This, they definitely need to know. And with that being said, this is the big question that we we're going to come up on, right? We're going to talk about what are some tips to help us pick safe cleaning products, water bottles, and sunscreens? Okay, yeah, this comes into pretty much your lifestyle, right? And uh, if you think about water bottle, avoid plastic, that's number one. Um, and if you, you know, worry about emergency reasons, you buy that um, bottled water um, to put in your car or anything. Make sure if you do use a bottled water, that's plastic water bottle, make sure it's not exposed to the sun. Because again, temperature will release uh, extra toxin out of that water that you're drinking. First tip, avoid plastic at all costs. <laughs> but we have this complicated relationship with plastic, right? We can't avoid it forever uh, or completely. So if you end up buying a bottle of water and make sure it's not exposed to the sun, don't let it bake, you know, sitting in your car. Because I've seen that very often that people buy this big pack of uh, wa uh, bottled water and from Costco and then just, just left in the car, baked in the sun day in and day out. And then they drink from that. It's just like, okay, you got, you're totally exposing yourself to toxins. So don't do that if you can. Uh, so that, that's when it comes to water bottle. Choose a glass water bottle or choose a stainless steel water bottle. Um, that's always the best. And when it comes to house cleaning product, it's the same rule as personal care product. First thing to avoid is look at your ingredient label on the backside. Avoid fragrance. Anytime there's fragrance listed, it's a code for phthalates. So definitely avoid that. Opting for fragrance free. So also watch out for um, labels like aroma or perfume. So aroma is like, it's very deceiving, right? <laughs> but it's pretty much the same thing as fragrance. So avoid aroma, avoid perfume. Uh, and we have also seen that manufacturers started using, you know, words like unscented. So unscented is actually a scent. So unscented will also have perfume in it. So making sure you opting for fragrance-free, that's the safest one to go. And it's the same thing when it comes to personal care product as well as house cleaning product. Same thing as paraben. So paraben, you should also look out for that um, words in your ingredient label. And here I also want to mention a little bit about paraben. Is Paraben is really hard to avoid in over-the-counter products. Um, ornaments and, or creams. So we have seen um, clients and users using our service used um, over-the-counter cream like hydrocortisol cream for eczema or for rash. And that's one area that we were not able to find good alternatives for paraben. So uh, if you have to use those over-the-counter creams or ornaments, use sparingly. Don't just put it on, you know, as nothing because they do have these hormone disrupting chemicals in them. Um, and then same for sunscreen, always look out, avoid oxybenzone or benzophenol. So this is the chemical that again, kills coral reef. It's also a hormone disrupting chemical. So op opting for a natural one without these chemical UV blockers. Ah, perfect. That's a very comprehensive list. And thank you so much for sharing that. I did not know that unscented was actually a scent. 
I didn't know that. So now I have to look for fragrance free. So thank you so much for educating me on that. I'm gonna go back and recheck my uh, the products that I use, even though the ones I use usually uh, the scent is usually made from um, or, um, essential oils usually. Um, but I didn't know that unscented was was actually a scent. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that's going to be an eye opener to a lot of people. So um, and then the water bottle, too, that's really important because, yeah, I do see that. Like we, I didn't realize that if you put your you put it out in the sun, you're actually um, exposing your the water to more of those toxins. That's another right. big eye opener. So thank you so much for that. And everything, as you said. So if you're anyone out there, if you listening to this show in a in an earshot and you're concerned about toxins, go back and just listen to the last few minutes from Jenna, because she really broke that down very well. I'm not even going to try to rehash the whole thing because it won't be as eloquent and as complete as the way she did. So thank you again. With that being said, though, so I want to finish by asking about Million Marker, right? What work do you actually do? How do you help someone who has been exposed? Well, we've all been exposed to toxins at some point. So, so why would someone come to Million Marker for help and what kind of work do you do? So uh, we offer a direct-to-consumer mailing urine test um, paired with lifestyle audit and counseling. Uh, so what we want to do is just empower people to understand their toxin exposure, starting from these transient toxins that I, we talked about, BPA, BPA alternatives that we test for BPS, BPF. Those are the common alternatives. We test for five of the phthalate metabolites, as well as four parabens and oxybenzone. So um, people can simply order a test kit online. Uh, they will receive the test kit, they pee in the cup, send it back to us. Before they pee, we do ask them to complete an exposure journal because this journal actually allows us to help pinpoint where their exposures are coming from. So we ask you about your diet. We ask about all the products, house, from house cleaning product to personal care product to any hobby you might have, your environment. So then we can do this comprehensive audit for you. And once we analyze your sample, we compare, we let you know your levels, how they compare with our existing users, how they compare with the national average. And based on your exposure journal, we let you know exactly what you need to do to reduce your exposures. We'll also audit not only the chemicals that we test, but any other problematic ingredients that in your product, we'll let you know, even though we don't test for those, but we want to let people know Okay, these are also problematic ingredients. So next time you shop for a product, you know, replenish your pantry or your bathroom, buy a new shampoo, buy a better one. So then this better product can be good for you and also good for the environment. Simultaneously, again, you're like voting with your dollars. So you're sending a signal to the manufacturers and to others that, hey, we need better products. Nothing more powerful than withholding that mighty dollar, right? You stop buying crap and people are going to say, hmm, maybe I need to make a change. <laughs> people, are not, people are not buying my products anymore. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? But it's really true. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so that being said, how can if someone wants to work with me and Mark or they want to reach out to you, how can they get in touch? Yes, we're pretty active on social media because same mission as you. I think education people is extremely important to us. So we do a lot of education and we compare products. Uh, we're pretty active on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we also have a newsletter. So if people want to know, you know, know the latest research on toxins and avoiding toxin exposure, um, people can sign up to our newsletter. 
We're also always happy to answer questions. So you can always submit your questions through um, our website um, or just DM us through Instagram. Uh, we have also put together really comprehensive um, chemical glossary if you're interested in understanding, okay, what are the ingredients behind these uh, your, your product labels? What are their impact? We have a great resource online. You can check out our chemical glossary. And also to, you know, because we know it's a lot of hard work to actually figure out what product is good and what's not. We also have curated a list of approved product on our website through from like containers to water bottles to uh, to personal care product, house cleaning product. We have all these categories that have been screened by us. So you can check out that list. So then you don't have to do the homework. We already did it for you. And the website and um, their, the link to the Instagram will be in the show notes as well. Does everybody know that? I think this is going to be zikahealth.com slash marker is what I'm kind of, I guess, um, edging towards. But if I decide to change my mind, I'll, the link to the show notes will be in the description of the podcast. Everybody knows I'm crazy and I kind of march to the beat of my own drum. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah, but uh, uh, great. So on your your website, do you, wh- what is, what? What is it? So just in case, so people can just kind of know what it is and go ahead and look for it. Yes, uh, we are www.milliammarker.com. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of mouthful, but I, I think I can explain why we named ourselves Million Marker. Um, so our aspiration is one day we'll be able to discover over a million uh, biomarkers to help people understand their body better and then... Um, take prevention, disease prevention into their own hand. So um, therefore we call ourselves Million Marker. That's probably the best mission statement I've ever heard. So thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> Jenna, this is a fantastic interview. I've learned a lot. I'm going to subscribe to your newsletter because I'm, I'm a learner, number one. And uh, with my health, it, it, not say eliminating, but removing as much toxins from my life has benefited me in so many ways, which I'm not going to hash rehash, but listening to what you've taught me now and reading your newsletter and learning more is going to help me even more. So thank you so much, Jenna, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Zika Hell Show. If you got good quality content, out of this or any of my episodes save subscribe and share it with family friends co-workers or anyone who needs this information remember always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride